Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard. Hi everyone, welcome to Inside Supercars. Shane Van Gisbergen from the Red Bull Holden Racing Team here. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. On Inside Supercars, we're joined by Phil Keed, who's the head of engineering at Team 18, although it's hard to call you Team 18 when you've got an 18 and a 20 in the garage. And of course, you've been looking after the 20, Phil. Great to have you on the show. Yeah, g'day. How are you going, mate? I'm very well. And gee, one thing about uh, your last couple of weekends is your cars obviously can pass. You've, you've got a great race car that can get through the field. Yeah, that, I mean, look, yep, it's true, but unfortunately we're having to do a bit too much passing because we're qualifying behind our our pace. You know, we feel like we've probably got top five race pace or have done for the last, you know, quite a few weekends, but uh, we're qualifying way back from there, sadly, and that's making us do a lot of passing. Um, but, yeah, no, it's good to have one, one, uh, one strength at least. What is it when we look at these race formats, which is a throwback to, uh, well, throwback to the 90s, really, uh, 80s and 90s before supercars kicked off, the three races and, uh, you know, it's not progressive grids, of course, it is three qualifying, but it is a very different style of race weekend and race me and race to what we've been doing in the most recent future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's... Um I think they've done a good job, to be honest, supercars, because they really needed to get bang for their buck out of the, the rounds we had. Um, and, uh, you know, it's probably been some quite processional racing in the last few seasons, apart from you know, little isolated incidents. But, um, you know, they made some quite big challenges there because we've got relatively less session time in quality, less session time to, to prep, um, very little time to change the cars. And, um, and not enough tyres or time to, to do all the tyres in most of the races. So you actually end up with some quite compromised quality positions for a lot of people. You end up um, with people in compromised strategies, but, you know, sort of time gains and things like that. And they've done really well because somewhere like the Bend isn't normally very exciting racing, um, Darwin often, and, um, yeah, I think they've, they've generated some really good racing. Where's the balance that you have to strike between – we can go with this strategy, which most people are going with, but because we're not qualifying at the front, we have to take, you know, what might be considered strategy B, C or D for other situations. Where do you start drawing the line and how do you start making those decisions? Yeah, I mean, uh, this weekend, potentially didn't, from that point of view, didn't go quite as well as we'd hoped. Um because it really is just a compromise and um, that you're also a little bit dictated by what others do and you don't, you know, particularly to stop early, you don't know what others are going to do. Um, so, yeah, basically if you're back out of position, you need clear track. Passing, you can do it, but it's it's uh, it takes, it's got risk and also, you know, it hurts the tyres. So really you want to be able to sort of just run in clear air if you can find it um, and uh, that's the challenge, but really you can just try and characterise what, what others tend to do and try and avoid them. Um, we didn't have great success this weekend with that. Though. But you were starting a bit further forward than, say, Townsville, where um, you're in that back third and you were racing to the front third. That's right. That's right. Well, I think yesterday was 17th. Uh, race two was 20th, but the third race was ninth, which is sadly is about the best qualifying position we've had for 
the last six races. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, normally you wouldn't be too excited about a you know a ninth, um, but it, it did seem like our better opportunity, and and you know we still move forward. Is there a cutoff point in the grid where? going the alternate strategy and for the most part you were leaving Scott out for as late as possible to, and I guess that's twofold, to try and catch a safety car with the best rubber as well as working clear air strategies at the same time. Yeah, and it's, that's something we, we use really well in Darwin and Townsville. Um, the, the characteristic here, it's even harder to pass. Um, but the other one that really sort of hurt us and most others was the, the, the tyre blistering. So it wasn't a catastrophic failure, but you certainly sort of plummet off the cliff a bit in pace once it happens. But um, yeah, we didn't have the worst in the field, but we didn't have none. And it just brings a bit of uncertainty about about how early you can deploy home or what's going to happen if you try to go long. Because of course, generally when you, you know, if you go short, then you go really early before anyone else gets the chance. Uh, but once you don't do that, you tend to just commit now and you have to go long to make that work and sort of get over the hump of when everyone else has undercut you. And if the tyre sort of blisters in that period, it, it really compromises that, that, that long strategy. So, yeah, that can do us a little bit here. With what we saw on Saturday, how long were you sitting there trying to work out camber over lap time and longevity of tyre life? Did you spend a lot of time Saturday night just trying to run all the different computations that you could come we, up with? We did, but, yeah, there's, there's a bit of, I mean, you know, you tended to see that the people who had the, the lamination or the blistering yesterday, most of them still had it today. Um, it's, a, it's a bit of a black art and um, some of it's maybe car balance. But, yeah, Canberra, we did wonder, but um, it's such a high grip track and, and the worry is that you're going to lose too much. So everybody's trying to have the most they can and, and see if they can improve it. So, yeah, we did, but we didn't have a lot of time, you know, the rain in practice. And also, you've only had done one thing in the race, so you, you sort of just have to take a guess on what was the factor. Mm. And we don't often talk about rear toe. We talk a lot about camber when we do start touching on it, but how much rear steer is in the suspensions we've got in what we have now with the transaxle? You can dial, you can dial some in. Um, Kind of both ways, but it's it's not it's not a lot. I mean, you know, full scale adjustment of that thing, depending on your geometry, um, full scale adjustment of the the toe, the bump steer adjustment is probably I don't know maybe a mil or two mil of total toe in the in the pitch range you've got. So it's there, but it's not huge. It is reasonably powerful in the rear, but um, yeah, unfortunately, it's sort of got to go. You know, one way up and the other way down typically. Mm. And um, and that leaves you meaning that, you know, you've got to hope that the bit it does in group matches the bit it's going to do in bumps. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's probably a thing some people are, are sort of playing with. Um, but, you know, we're at, at this moment we're at a point where we've got, um, feel like we've got way more things we could try than opportunities to try them or validate them. So there's a lot of things on the table, I'm sure, for everybody at the moment. Mm. And you do have uh, an agreement and a, uh, and a relationship with Triple Eight, which in some ways is a is a double edged sword because when you're doing things right and showing a good racing car, um, they're getting that information just as you get to see when they're doing things right. Yeah, that's right. 
and and that is true. Um, but you know, overall, I think you you take the the good with the bad and try and um, build build trust and and have a that relationship because for us at the moment, I mean, they execute so well and and um, you know, generally, I think it's it's difficult to beat them even when you've got all the information. But I think the the flow of information is is definitely more our way than theirs because they they've got much more experience with those, those cars at the moment and they're generally punching up there so they show they show where you can go mm. um, so it's a really positive thing for us we don't dwell too much uh, if we if we ever lose anything it, to be honest we're pretty pumped if that ever happens because mm. it means you know we've beaten them in a session which is it's, it's not an easy task. No. Nah. And uh, across the board, uh, we've spoken a lot about what you've been doing directly on Scott's car, but uh, what's a hit like Mark suffered today mean to the team and to the boys for the rest of this week? Yeah, I mean, well, being, you know, having been on the road for so long, and to be honest, we had, you know, early damage at Adelaide on Scott's car, so the part supply wasn't, wasn't amazing. Um, so yeah, look, it's it's you're really sort of cobbling some things together till we can get back to back to base or up to um, Stone Brothers again before Bathurst. And uh, yeah, luckily it looks like it's all bolt-on stuff, which is good. Uh, but it's it's a lot more parts. It's you know rebuild it again, um, and, and everyone feels like they're sort of just hanging on at the moment. You, you mentioned about how the racing seems to have come alive at some of the tracks where it's not really known for that. We're going to see something different. And as a lead into Bathurst going to a track for the first time, that does uh, probably it excites you a bit of a challenge. You know, you know, nine tenths of the track, but using the shorter circuit, not having that high load flow type uh, corners that the bend's got by using the West circuit is going to create a new challenge. Yeah, it certainly is. I'm actually sceptical that the blistering will disappear, but we'll, we'll see with that. I mean, it's, it's you know, a little bit of it's the surface, I think, but everyone's got, you know, everyone's got um, opinions and, and various bits of knowledge on it. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's still, uh, still a blistering problem for, for some people. Um, the tracks are really responsive, and it sort of does that in a lot of corners, not just the long one. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think much more point and shoot. You'd hope there's a bit better passing, but you saw more damage this weekend than about the last three weekends. And, and some of that's because it's just a really tricky track to get a run and pass cleanly, which means people have to take big risks. You know, it's easy for people to hang on on the outside or force you off the, off the track trying to make a pass. Yeah, it's often said you always want uh, going into a passing zone, you always want two lefts or two rights because if you yeah. set up to make the move, you need the mm. second corner either to to clinch it or the second corner allows the crisscross to try and get it back. Yeah. And, yeah, and left, be. right, you're just yeah. left out. If you go the inside on the first one, you're left out to dry on the second one or if the track can yeah. hang you out on the outside, well, then, you, yes, you can set up for the second one. But uh, left, right is a, is a harder place to find combinations to pass. Yeah, and there's some downhill breakings in some of the places where it might work, and lots of gradient changes. It's yeah, it's, it's just it seems like a, a tricky place to pass. So, mm. well, the good news was Scott found some ways, and leading into Bathurst, a car that can pass cars and that's strong and confident is what you need. 
I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, we're we're, we're pretty excited about uh, you know on current form. We're quite excited about the um, the Bathurst possibilities because it's just all about a race car there, um, and um, and we really even this weekend, even though our qualifying's been so poor, we we set a challenge, especially to to try and recreate the the race pace everywhere we go first. Um, as crazy as that sounds, <laughs> but you know that 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 race pace is such a strength, and um, you know we're halfway, we're two thirds of the way there this weekend, and I think we'll get get on top of it with the stiff stiff setup that you run at these kinds of tracks, which is a good lead in for Bathurst. So, yeah, pretty really excited, um, and we feel that you know on the the previous rounds to the bend, we feel that the the way the car is will suit Bathurst race really well. Mm. Now, it's been interesting with you and Scotty Pye because when Scott first started working with you, he he thought, I don't know that I've got a lot in common, but speaking to him after the first bend, he's gone, gee, the time we had in Darwin and, and just getting to know you and you know him, he said, I, I think we are more alike than what I could ever have realised. Have, have you had that sort of epiphany as well? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um no, it's uh, yeah. We were talking about it on the, in the car on the way from the airport to the track, actually. And uh, on the yeah, on the surface, it didn't seem that way. And obviously, we're very different, very different ages. But um, no, I, I think um, a lot of things, even off the track, we sort of approach the same way. Which you know, it does bring some commonality. We you know, and um, so far the, the the Darwin weekend was great. We got to you know shared an apartment and sort of bonded fairly well. And um, yeah, you've sort of just got to be in the trenches a little bit and sort of, you know, duke it out and uh, see how it all pops out. But, yeah, really enjoying working with him and, um, yeah, and hopefully he's as well. Moving forward this season, so many changes. Has less people at the track, less uh, data on race day, do you think that's a good model to continue moving forward with? Oh, uh, I mean, look. If it saves money, if the cars genuinely get cheaper and simpler, then I'd be. I think that's good. But to be honest, I mean, the, the bigger teams have got. They've still got more people at home. They've got people can be back at the hotel if you want. They've, they've still got more resources. Um, it doesn't change anything. But for someone like me, you know, I mean, data's sort of all we've got, and it's less easy to use now than before. And people with sim, it just makes it. It's like NASCAR. It makes. It makes those. It gives those pieces of people an advantage from from my point of view. Um, but you know, I, I quite like change, and any challenge seems to you know it never disadvantages me. I feel, but you know, in the broad sense of of helping the little guy, it, it doesn't really do anything. And banning data would make it worse by more, to be honest. Um, but you know, I think, I think the focus really should be on what what makes the cars really cheap and really easy to run. Yeah, and that is the age-old question, isn't it? Uh, technology over cost. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think this, you know, I mean, uh, and data analysis is definitely handy for me. It, you know, advantages the smaller teams. But um, yeah, how much do we get out of the extra complexity that we have? We have some really complex systems in the car, um, regulatory and otherwise. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you think just an orange light and the dash for all pressure. And I don't think much of the racing would be any different. And I don't think the hierarchy of the, of the grid would be very different either. Mm. And, of course, the data doesn't actually tell you what the aero's doing, and that can make more of a difference across wind 
um, and the cars are the cars at the end of the day. So uh, there's a whole bunch of things you can't even play with. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there is, to be honest, I think even the people that have the maps, it's somewhat of a guessing game anyway. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean to be honest, it's just busy because there's sort of you've got one data guy between two, and I mean, I've got this whole great side of the data stand all of myself, but um, you know. I don't even want to share it with you. It's pretty, pretty busy. You don't, have, don't even know where to look after the race. It's um, a bit going on. And how are you managing race engineering on the weekends and then engineering uh, the, you know, overseeing the entire engineering responsibility for the team? It's it's an added workload that you, no one was expecting. It is, but to be honest, um, to be honest, uh, uh, we've got Manuel on the other on on car eighteen, um, and and we really just have gone back to you know trying to focus on the car. There's very little time, um, and it's you know it's not a lot of not a lot of Indians really. So so we both just sort of working together, and um, I've really sort of stepped back from from a, any sort of overseeing role, and we we just leaning a little bit more on the on the T eight side. Um, so that bit's not too bad. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's all right. We, you really don't have much time beyond starting the car. Well, we're looking forward to seeing how you shape up at the Western Circuit at the Bend and then all eyes on to Bathurst. It's going to be a very interesting conclusion to this year and uh, we wish all the best for it. Thanks, Craig. Great to chat. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.